Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins whose thumbs are so sore from scrolling through Twitter all day. Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell. Refresh, 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 refresh. Unfortunately, we don't know where Le'Veon Bell is yet, but we are going to talk a little bit about what we'd like to see him go to, and we're going to be talking about all the free agents that are signed right up until 7.50 on Tuesday, March 12th. 2019 um, Eastern Time. Well, Jason has Twitter open too, so we'll be refreshing. Hopefully, we'll get some breaking uh, news. Yeah. Always, you need to keep it, keep it 100 when you're looking at the free agents. And you're gonna keep it 100 here. This is the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, and it begins. Me and Jason have some unfinished business to take care of from Twitter earlier today. I am on a I am on a clear side here. I'm I have How much no you doubt it's my side. I have no doubt whose side you're on. None. Because it's the obvious choice. All right, but before we get into that, let's explain what the episode's going to be about. So first things first, welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm sorry that I missed you guys last week. I had some personal stuff to take care of. Um and the, but the Twins did a great job holding me down on the Dynasty episode, which you know, I'm not a big expert on Dynasty. I don't want to act like I am, so it's a good thing I missed it. Um, on the other hand, I am an expert at fantasy football. Yay, yay. And so are the Twins. And we're going to be talking about the newest free agents and how they affect fantasy, which means we're not going to be talking about the defensive guys. Um, if you're listening to us to hear about defensive players, you're in the wrong place. Unless there's always exceptions. We do talk about defense during the season. Yeah. The Bears signed Buster Screen. So now you want to start slot receivers against the Bears. I think you guys are too hard on Buster Screen, too. He was literally the worst cornerback, slot cornerback last season. And the Jets literally got the least amount of pressure on quarterbacks, and that's that's particularly hard in the slot corner. Buster Screen is trash. All right. But besides that, we're going to be going over all the free agents that have signed. We're going to start with quarterbacks, then we're going to go to running backs, um, wide receivers, and tight ends. Uh, so we're going to have a nice one here. We're going to be talking about everyone. So, um even if it's someone that doesn't really matter much, we are under the firm belief that it's not the superstars you draft that win you things at the end of the year. They help. I help you dominate the regular season. They help you get to where you need to be. But oftentimes, the difference between a championship and a not championship, and I actually opened up my app today and got reminded of this like right in my face in the Brodo League, is little things like starting the right tight end or starting the right flex player or starting the right defense. Had I started the right defense, I would have been a champion of the Brodo League. Had I not, had Gronk not gotten me zero, a guy that I drafted in the second round, I would have been champion in the Brodo League. So it's really important to go over every single one of these free agents. Um, you guys ready to go? Always. Let's start with yeah. quarterbacks and let's start with the unfinished business since we're here. First one, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater decides to spurn the Miami Dolphins and go back to the New Orleans Saints. I think this is an excellent move. Uh, Jason, I'm going to let you explain why you don't think it's an excellent move. Tim. Yeah, I, I, go ahead. Do you support bitch-assness? No. Then you shouldn't support this move. There's a difference between bitch-assness and being smart with your career. No, this is not smart. This is a guy who was never even really good when he was starting with the Vikings. He gets injured. He's been sitting on a bench for three years now. Three years. Well, one year. 
He's been rehabbing for two. Yes, but you still watch the game. You still right, but that's learn. not being a quarterback. It's still being on the bench. He's been on the bench for three years. He wasn't on the bench. No, <clears throat> he's been learning for three years. What learning how to do what? He hasn't been on a damn football field as a starting quarterback in three years. He's twenty eight right, years there's old. A, there's a difference between being a starting quarterback and being someone who's recovering from injury and someone who's being on the bench. There's a difference between those three things. All right, so you're this guy. You think you have a you're leading a franchise. You get injured. Things change. The franchise moves on. You now have an opportunity to prove yourself again. The Dolphins are saying, we're going to bring you in. We need a starting quarterback. We believe in you. And he's passing it up to ride the bench. Because Sean Payton said he's his heir apparent to Drew Brees. Drew Brees is still killing it. He was almost MVP last year. So let's assume two years is his minimum time left. Teddy Bridgewater is not seeing the field for another two years. And at that point, there's been a lot of rumors that Drew Brees and Sean Payton are going to retire together. Sean Payton's going to be at home, staring his wife and kids in the eyes, thinking, I'm going to, I think I'm going to retire. This could be a good time. Let's go on some vacations. And then he's going to think to himself, but what did I promise Teddy two years ago? No. So if he's out and then someone else comes in and they're looking at this, by the time his contract's up, how old is he going to be? 28, 29. 28. They're looking at this 29-year-old quarterback who is never good, even when he was healthy his rookie year and the year after. They're going to look at him and say, it's funny that Sean Payton promised this to you. Apparently promised this to you. Because there is nothing you're going to do here. We don't want you here. And even if Sean Payton stays, two years is the minimum. Drew Brees might even be there longer than that. And Yo, then my man. the yeah, only way right, he right. sees the field is enough. injury. I've let you talk enough. And if you bring up Nick Foles, here's here's what's gonna here's here's the the actualities. First of all, your wild assumption that that this that Sean Payne's gonna retire. He's fifty five. He's not going anywhere. He has a. There's long been career. rumors that he's maybe not no, retired, okay. but he's leaving right. New Orleans okay. when okay. Drew Brees leaves. Yeah. Okay. Has that so, not been reported? Either way, that doesn't matter. Listen. So I've let you guys talk. You let me talk now. Okay. Go. So I haven't spoken yet. So you have. First of all, he's not going to retire. So let's get that out. Of, let's get that out. The, the fictional retiring scenario. He, now, he could leave. You're telling Teddy Bridgewater to go start on a team that, first of all, is a complete dumpster fire and of dysfunction. Uh, second of all, uh, they have a brand new head coach. They have almost no weapons in the on the outside. There, they have a, everything's new there, and they have a history of sucking. Number three, they have an early pick in the draft. If you are Teddy Bridgewater, are you more likely to see the field after Drew Brees retires when Sean Payton tells you you're the heir apparent? Or are you more likely to see the field for a long period of time if the Dolphins draft a quarterback? If the Dolphins draft a quarterback, you are not going to play beyond week four of this season. Instead, you come back off an injury. He's only 26 years old, and I'm going to say Nick Foles right now because Nick Foles has got a four-year, $88 million deal, and he's 30. And a team is signing him to be the, the guy. And he's going to be learning under Sean Payton and, and, and Drew Brees. I There's mean, really no better scenario for him coming off an injury, I, and, I, and I don't see it any other way. If the Dolphins sign Teddy Bridgewater, they're signing him to be their starting quarterback. They're not going to draft a quarterback. Why? Why? Because that's the only reason you pay big money for a quarterback. But they wouldn't be paying big money for Bridgewater. The Dolphins have the 13th pick. There's been no reports that they're going to go after a quarterback. They want to go after a quarterback a different year. But you, 
Fine. Then you got one year. All year to prove yourself. On a, on a dumpster fire of a team that has no shot to make the playoffs. Either way, this is 120% a very scared move by Teddy Bridgewater. No, smart. What's no. the goal? Smart and patient. The goal for NFL quarterbacks is to play quarterback. When you're There's ready. a team Eventually. handing you the chance. Eventually. How long is it going to be until he's ready? He hasn't played in three years. Well, he's sitting behind a 41-year-old. He already rode the bench last season. He's sitting behind a 40-year-old. I'd rather be sitting behind a 41 than in front of a 21-year-old. Dude, he... There's 32 starting quarterbacks Yo, I just got, I just got in a text, the world. I just got a text from Nick Dayus that says Odell to the Browns. Wow. Odell to the Browns. Odell to the Browns just happened just right now. Holy moly. All right. So let's. we already spent enough time on Teddy Bridgewater as it is. Let's get wrong. In, let's get into these wide receivers. Um, Odell to the Browns. We're going to let that sink for a little while. Jason has gotten on his texting fingers here. Wow. Odell Beckham to the Browns. I wonder what they got back for him. Dude. Holy moly. Honest, I mean, I'm a little upset for Callaway and Higgins, who me and Jason both just got for like a dollar each in our Dynasty League <laughs> as stashes, but I guess they're just going to have to stay on our practice squad there. But wow, dude, Baker, Mayfield, OBJ, and Jarvis Landry, teammates again. They were Yo, teammates at LSU. The way to keep Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. happy is to put them together. They might just start having sex in the middle of the field, I think. They literally they text each other like uh, like eight-year-old best friends at a sleepover and shit. <laughs> Guys, just so you know, just so you know from um, <laughs> uh, our guy, uh, fun, fun guy, guy who who produces here every once in a while. He's not here today. Um, he just he's a Giants fan. He just texted us. I'm going to cry. All right, so let's get let's get into this. One second, we talked about this last week. OBJ is now my dynasty one wide receiver. There's no other wide receiver I'd rather have. Interesting, unbelievable. OBJ and Baker Mayfield. <laughs> You guys and you guys. The Browns about this are last winning week. the Super Bowl. I should have bet on this. The odds are going to keep getting slimmer and slimmer. Dude, I, the Browns are an absolute force. This is fucking nuts. It's the Cleveland Browns. Holy moly! <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's. You guys ready to get into it with with guys that we didn't just find out got traded? Like, we'll get we'll get to OBJ. We'll get to OBJ. But you guys already talked about OBJ to the Browns last show. So the people who listen know a lot of your initial thoughts about it. But we'll get into OBJ. But let's start with quarterbacks. Um, for right now, uh, let's let's kick it off. The first quarterback, Nick Foles, he signs a deal with the Jaguars, four years, eighty-eight million. A lot of people say that Nick Foles has the prettiest deep ball in the league, although he doesn't. He may not have the strongest arm in the league. Um, what do you think this means for Nick Foles, and what do you think this means for the fantasy options around Nick Foles and the Jaguars? Uh, Jason, why don't we start with you? To be honest, I think this is a very uh, blah move. Nick Foles, I don't believe in him. I think that he's been he's been good in playoff games. Sure, he's made throws when he has he's had to, but he's never been a stat accumulating guy. Uh, last season, he was twenty seventh in true throw value. He's not someone who's going to come into a team, especially a team like the Jaguars, with not the greatest supporting cast, and uh, give you a lot of options. So I think a lot of things remain true with the Jaguars. Uh, Nick Foles liked throwing to his tight ends in New England. I mean, Philadelphia. There's not a lot of tight ends in Jacksonville. ASJ is gone now. So, D.D. Westbrook coming out of the slot is probably going to be the biggest beneficiary. Besides that, I don't like Foles much as a quarterback option. I don't love the other options. Uh, they won't set Keelan Cole, my boy, free. So, besides D.D. Westbrook being a little viable, which he's always been, I I, I think it's ugly. If Leonard Fournette stays, I think this does show a, a renewed commitment to the run. This it's not like they're they're getting a guy to be the guy. They want a guy who's going to lead them towards the promised land, and just not make mistakes. It looks like 
Um, but while they're addressing their quarterback issues, that defense that two years ago was um, was unbeatable, uh, their pieces are getting older, and they just lost Malik Jackson. So we'll see if they can. They just lost to Sean Gibson. So let's let's see if we if they can rebound from that. Michael, what's your thoughts on this deal? Yeah, I just see this deal as the as the Jaguars trying really hard to hang on to their glory season of twenty six of twenty seventeen when they when their defense led them and Blake Bortles was a game manager. I expect him to play the same exact style of football this season. And honestly. Nick Foles, I guess, is a pretty solid game manager type quarterback, but he's not better. He's not really better than that. He's never really proven to be better than that besides that one great game against New England in the Super Bowl, which everyone just comes to mind right away because of a Super Bowl performance. But he's 30 years old. He did have that one 27 touchdown, three interception year, which is absolutely nuts. That was with a new Chip Kelly offense where no one really knew how to play defense against it, and then that went down in flames. So it's... I mean, it's a very mediocre move for a mediocre franchise. Sorry, Jacksonville fans, but that's how I feel about it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Another mediocre move, and just to just to touch on it, I know it's not a free agent deal, but Case Keenum gets dealt to the Redskins. What do we see uh, with this with the Redskins' options? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be repetitive, but again, it's, it's pretty gross. Uh, it's funny that... Their quarterback was Kirk Cousins. They give away Kirk Cousins, and they end up getting the guy that Kirk Cousins replaced in Minnesota only a year later. That's that's actually a little funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually mentioned it in the past. Joe Flacco and Case Keenum had the same um, true throw value last season. Both pretty terrible options at this stage of their career. I don't know why people ever believed in Case Keenum. Uh, sure, he had a good season with Minnesota, but the team that was going to buy into him was obviously making a mistake. Everyone knew it. Uh, that team has finally decided to move on after one season, Denver. And now another team is giving him a shot, and he's going to be a holdover or a stopgap until they find their next quarterback. But until then, he's not going to do much. He's gonna He might be good for slot guys again. These poor quarterbacks, they're better for slot receivers. We saw Emmanuel Sanders do well with Keenum. We saw Deshaun Hamilton do good when he stepped in. So depending on... Who's manning the slot next season for Washington, whether it's Trey Quinn or Mo Harris or someone else they bring in? That might be someone that's viable, but besides that, not very great again. All right. Let's stop talking about these quarterbacks uh, unless you have something special to say about Case Keenum or Joe Flacco, Michael. Come on. All right, uh, let's go to the let's go to the wide receivers. We're supposed to be running backs next, but it, I mean the Odell news. We just got to talk about it. It's itching us. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. gets traded to the Browns. Reports say a first, a second, and Jabil Preppers um, is the return that the Giants are getting. Uh, I think this is a no brainer for the Giants personally. I think he had to go. And um, no, that is not enough, dude. That is one of the worst takes I've ever heard in my life. For a first, a second. And a first-round safety? We're literally talking about a, ge- a generational wide receiver. They literally chose a 38 or however old Eli Manning is quarterback over a star receiver who's in the prime of his career. I don't think they chose Eli Manning at all. They Can chose, we think they chose about a rebuild. how all of this happened because they drafted Saquon Barkley? This this is the cho- this is the, the choice is rebuild. That's the choice here. This I think happened because every decision they've made so far this offseason has been to be If the no Giants rebuild. had Sam Darnold, do you think OBJ would have been traded? No. No way. No. No way. But you can't you can't pay a wide receiver that much money. You can if you have a first round pick at quarterback. You can. You got to you got to jettison them. They could have got more. If I'm I would have given up two firsts easily any franchise. 
I don't know. I mean, he comes with a lot of baggage, and he comes with health issues. I think they got the all first, a second, and a first round safety is not is not something to snarl at. I mean, if they re-sign, uh, what's his face, Landon Collins, they wouldn't have had to trade for a safety. Just saying. Yeah, but Jabil or just Prep- franchise tag the dude. And, but I'm sure Jabil Preppers is coming on a much cheaper contract. I don't have the contracts in front of me, but Landon Collins is making the richest contract in history, so it's fair to assume. Anyway. Do you think that's why they let Landon Collins go? you think they knew something about this? What? They knew they were going to get Peppers? No. Definitely no. Um, maybe. I think they didn't want to pay him $98 million, um, which is, I mean, $45 million, which is completely understandable. Check that. It's actually a first and third rounder. It's not a first and second rounder, but it's even worse. I mean, I think it's I, whatever. Whether it's fair value or not is a conversation for another time. Uh, this conversation, though, obviously we haven't been able to dissect it as much as we can, although you guys talked about it. What is your initial reaction for uh, the Browns offense, and what is your initial reaction for the Giants offense? Let's start with the Browns. I'm going to let Michael take it over real quick because I want to try to do quick, true value um, do work. It. I was going to say, Jay, you should totally find out the difference between Baker Mayfield and uh, Eli Manning's true throw value, especially over the last four weeks. Baker Mayfield was an absolute stud over the last four weeks. But this puts OBJ's uh, his fantasy appeal through the roof, in my opinion. I could easily see him being a, a first, an easy first-round pick again. He kind of fell out of that range because of Eli Manning. But now that he has Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield set the record for touchdown throws as a rookie last season. And now he has Jarvis Landry and OBJ. Like, that's not even fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And and a good running game to like, support that. OBJ, I wouldn't even be And su- a good tight end. I, and I, a good I, slot guy. OBJ is going to... I wouldn't even be surprised if he's like uh, Adam Thielen this year breaking 100 yards for the first 10 games of the year. Not even joking. That's how dynamic this duo could be. So, obviously, Michael is a fan of this. Jason, how do you feel? <laughs> Honestly, I said it earlier. I think that Odell Beckham is the wide receiver one in Dynasty. Uh, Baker Mayfield is the truth. He is oh, He's going to be the one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a long time. And as long as Odell Beckham is receiving the balls from him. You've seen what he's done with Eli Manning throwing the ball. Like, he's making spectacular plays on balls that aren't even close to him. So, with Baker Mayfield delivering him accurate passes, with OBJ running routes the way he does, even these simple third and seven hooks or slants that are going to get them a first down every time is going to be an insane difference to the team. What does it do for the guys around him like Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb, I mean, you got to like it, no? Yeah, yeah, I think you got to like it. This guy's going to open the field. Right, you Uh, definitely got to like it if you're Nick Chubb. Jarvis Landry, too. Jarvis Landry. He's going to keep working underneath. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did not have a very good season last year working as the number one. Well, that's because he's not a number one. Exactly. So if he's back to playing his game that he had in Miami with OBJ on the outside, <laughs> with Mayfield throwing the ball and Chubb running. Jason is straight up giddy. Yeah, Jarvis Landry didn't even reach 1,000 yards each of the last two seasons in like the premier role. And don't forget, Jarvis Landry is the same exact age as OBJ. So people act like Jarvis Landry's this old guy just because he's been in the league. It seems like forever. Because he, he eclipses 100 catches every single season. I could say maybe his receptions will go down a little bit, but he, he'll probably be more efficient. I, it, both of them should be two, two uh, peas in a pod. It's going to be interesting. Let's go to the Giants side. Uh, what does this do for Saquon? Because I don't really think – and him and Evan Ingram and, and Sterling Shepard. What does it do for these guys? For Saquon, I, I wouldn't move him too much. 
But it's got to hurt his value maybe, a little bit. Maybe just a tad down, but I'm still probably taking him first overall if I have the number one overall pick. Just because he he's more than likely to get like 30 touches a game now. It's going to be hard for me to pick a guy on a team that I know is going to be garbage as the number one player. But he literally might get 20 rushes and like 10 targets in every single game. Honestly. And then Evan Ingram, he he's only been good when OBJ or Shepard has been out. There goes OBJ. Who's even going to replace OBJ? Who do they have besides Sterling Shepard? Russell Shepard, right? Is he still on the Giants? Like Tavares King, maybe? Like those are guys who were playing for them last year who I don't even know if they're on the team anymore because I don't know any of the receivers past Sterling Shepard off the top of my head right now. That's where they're at in their wide receiver core. And, and Michael just, knows every receiver off the top of his head. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he I, literally ranks 75 receivers a week. <laughs> I said maybe Russell Shepard and Tavares King, if they're still there. I'm honestly not certain. But that's just absurd. Uh, so Evan Ingram should probably get a boost. So does Sterling Shepard. But this goes back to guys like uh, Jacksonville receivers and receivers who were with Case Keenum last season and guys like that who, yeah, their value should probably go up, but they also have a very limited ceiling because of the quarterback play. Um, what? Uh, yeah, what about Ingram? I, I think he he intrigues me the most. I think he'll probably be the biggest beneficiary of this. This mostly upsets me because now I can't say when Shepard and Ingram are both healthy, you can't start either. Because now OBJ is gone. Like, But now it makes sense that Shepard and Ingram... Shepard less because we've seen him in the number one role, and although he's had his good games, he's he hasn't been consistent. Um, Ingram, though, there's going to be a big-time need for big plays, and he's a big playmaker. Exactly, because in the past, OBJ was hurt, right? But he was still on the team. It wasn't like they were forming a game plan around Evan Ingram. Now OBJ's gone. Evan Ingram is their best piece, besides Barkley, of course. So now Pat Shermer might game plan differently, try to get his tight end more involved, uh, try to get Sterling Shepard more involved in easier capacities. Shepard is still someone I think is going to be overdrafted. We've seen him not be great even if OBJ is injured. Evan Ingram is... I'd rather take the shot on Ingram than Shepard. Yeah, I, I mean, I like I like Ingram because of this. But again, we have to look a little bit uh, more into it to find out. Hey, is this the actual things that are going to happen? Um, a lot of things could change between now and then. And literally, the trade just happened right now. So I'm sure the I'm sure the Giants will end up bringing in a couple new pass catchers at some point as well. I wonder who they'll be maybe in the draft. Try to get DK like a, Metcalf in the first with the first round pick from the Browns. No, nah, they they. They're definitely taking a quarterback if they're kind of starting a rebuild by trading OBJ. Without a doubt, I think. Uh, you're a Metcalf guy, Tim? I see you on Twitter. I feel like you're a Metcalf guy. I feel like you cannot ignore a guy who runs that fast and is that big. His three cones concerning. Did you know he slipped? I saw the video. He slipped. I mean, slipping also, though, <laughs> it'd Dude be slipped, more agile. <laughs> Dude slipped. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it, was, it wasn't good agility. Yeah, he slipped, but he also slipped like twice. Whatever, you don't need agility to run straight. Either way, you're, I'm pretty sure you're higher on me than on Metcalf. Metcalf. <coughs> but yeah. The rookie episode is going to come later uh, in a couple months or so. Hyped for that. The rookie episode should be fun. The rookie, the rookie episode should be very fun. But let's not, let's go, let's go away from the rookies. Let's talk about some wide receivers that signed already. <coughs> it's the year of the slot receiver, guys. These guys are making their I got to hold up for a second, right? We're talking about all the big names. Are, are you saving the best for last? Is that what you're doing? 
I'm over here just waiting. I mean, they really talk about Antonio Brown. I mean, yeah, well, I was, yeah, Antonio Brown's gonna be last, but we'll I talk about Antonio. Little, all right, let's talk about Antonio Brown. We're talking about the heavy hitters first, you know. All right. So Antonio Brown next, he he obviously gets traded to the Raiders. Um, the Ra- the Steelers get back a third and a fifth. And if you think about this, the Raiders and Steelers made a trade for a wide receiver last year too, Martavis Bryant, and they traded a third for him. <laughs> So if you're looking at that, and also a lot of people like to shit on John Gruden and Mike Mayock, but if you're looking at them two and you're looking at what they got in, at this time last year they had Amari Cooper as their number one pick. This year they have Antonio Brown and a first round and a first round pick coming in and a third and a fifth going out. You win. Congratulations. Gruden got fleeced and then he fleeced the Steelers. Right. Well there's one thing I don't like that's going on on Twitter though. Because Gruden hasn't won all the trades he's made. He's made bad trades. And what everyone's doing, now that he got AB for a third and a fifth, they're combining all the trades. Even the Khalil Mack trade. Yeah. And saying, would you do this? It's like, dude, he didn't know he was going to get AB for a third round pick when he traded Khalil Mack. So please. But let me talk about, fantasy-wise, Antonio Brown. Because I was probably going to be off his bandwagon. Um, I kind of am. But... Not as much as I thought once I dug into the numbers. Uh, I'm going to reference true throw value a bit here. Big Ben was 12th last season. Derek Carr was 21st. And uh, you can use true throw value to project points for a player. Or not necessarily project points, but see how many points uh, he should reasonably have with the work that he's receiving. A projection. Sure. Kind of, I guess. Uh, Educated... Projection. Sure. Well, his projection was 275 half PPR fantasy points. Uh, Last season, he had 277. So it was pretty accurate, and he finished as a fifth wide receiver in half PPR scoring. That was with Big Ben. If AB saw his targets from Derek Carr, uh, his true target value would have dropped him down to 13th from third as opposed to fifth, and his points would have been 218. So he would have dropped 60 points. That would have brought him from the wide receiver 5 to the wide receiver 12. So all things being equal, if AB starts slipping a lot, he can still be a very productive high-end wide receiver too. I think it's also important to note that that is Derek Carr's true throw value from last season. And although, yes, it does it does connect, that's his true throw value while throwing to Jordy Nelson and Jared Cook. Timmy's really trying to piss us off today, Jay. Here Look, he comes saying Derek Carr might not be that bad. I mean, he supported a wide receiver one in the past. That's a lot more than you can say for other quarterbacks that you're banking on there. Baker Mayfield has never supported a wide receiver one. You know what I just randomly thought about, though? How great would it be if Le'Veon Bell just dropped right now in the middle of the OBJ news where he was going? <clears throat> He's already a super big douche. I feel like that's something he would totally do. So, A.B. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, headed to the, like Jason said, with the true throw value, he's projected to be last season the 12th wide receiver. Uh, people don't want to believe it. He He's 31. He did decline a bit last season. He wasn't the same old AB. The touchdowns were carrying him a bit. He did have 15 touchdowns and a bunch of targets. So I, I still think he's a very solid, solid receiver. I just, I'm not taking him in the first round or within the first like 20 picks, maybe late second, early third. I'd feel more comfortable. Matt Harmon. If you guys know Matt Harmon, he is so good at this fantasy thing that he works for about eight different fantasy outlets. And one of the things that he does for all these fantasy outlets is called reception perception. And it's a breakdown of every single wide receiver's routes and how open they were and um, what kind of separation they got. And Antonio Brown, in his analysis, 
did not slow down at all whatsoever. So although numbers will change from year to year, Antonio Brown is still the same guy. And if Derek Carr can get some space and make it happen, look, if if for nothing else, John Gruden is testing out whether this guy is your franchise quarterback. There's no better way to find out than give him Antonio Brown and see what he can do with him. Because if he can't do anything with Antonio Brown, then guess what? Sign Arm. I do want to say one thing. All of my numbers assumed that AB would see the same amount of targets. I am concerned about a target drop-off in Oakland. That's another concerning thing. Because his, although AP, the player, might be just as talented as he was in Pittsburgh, his numbers may fall off just because of the nature of the beast. Also, though, Jordy Nelson, when he was healthy the last five weeks of the season, averaged over 10 targets a game. That he did. So... And that's Jordy Nelson, the corpse of Jordy Nelson. Yeah, no. I just I just found it a bit odd that the Raiders would make this trade, especially when they seem to be in a bit of a rebuild. I guess they're trying to like really speed up that rebuild now, maybe contend a little bit this season. I they think it has like, to do with what Tim said, where the Raiders are just like, all right, let's see if Derek Carr is good enough. Right, and also I think that it, it, there's a difference between a rebuild and a re-shaping. Um, a I rehashing. Think that, yeah, I think that John Gruden wants to do a reshaping. Kind of like, remember how Bill Parcells, wherever he went... He went there, he cleaned house in the first year, and then the next year they made the playoffs. I think John Gruden fancies himself uh, Bill Parcells in that way. So, I mean, would it be a crazy thing to see the Raiders making the playoffs next year if Derek Carr makes a comeback and has the same type of of year he had before he got hurt? I don't think it's a stretch to think that way. Uh, I'm not a Derek Carr guy at all, so I don't know if I'd... uh... But I'm just saying, let's entertain the thought that he does. He bounces back. It wouldn't be impossible. Right. So, I mean, it's... It's, I, I think they win. I think, uh, look, you you can shit on John Gruden all you want, and I hear a lot of people oh, in the media shitting on it. they certainly win the trade. No, not even the trade. They win the wide receiver one. Like, their wide receiver one got immensely upgraded, and they got a, a first-round pick. Yeah, people, dude, oh, man, I saw someone on Twitter say, you traded away a younger, better player to sign an older player. Who, like, Amari? If you think Amari Cooper is better or even close to Antonio Brown, you need to get punched in the face. I've 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 dead ass had Damn, enough. Michael is, Michael is I've had enough today. with the Amari Cooper truthers as if he's like this stud Michael. who has just never been consistent in his career. Michael, you're for years. About, you're talking about Amari Cooper. These people are talking about Amari Nooper. <laughs> Don't forget, he was also super inconsistent with the Cowboys. His just his big weeks were bigger than they were with the Raiders. That was the only difference. And there was more of them. And a lot of it was due to Yak. If we're going to talk about how Yak made Matt Ryan a little lucky, we can talk about how Yak made Amari Cooper a little lucky. I mean, Yak for a receiver is not lucky. But I'm going to touch on another thing that um, we need to get out in the air because, as Michael said, there are some people out there giving bad advice. This doesn't make any other Raiders viable. I mean, unless they re-sign Jared Cook. Cook was already viable. This right. I saw... I saw people talking about how Jordy Nelson was going to be a good pick. Now. I, hey, you know, I no look. It, it, no, it, it depends on what you mean by good. Does Jordy Nelson have the ability to be a plug and play player every once in a while during bye weeks? I think he does. Jordy Nelson will not be better than a wide receiver thirty six. All right, that's a fair. I mean, he'll be a last bench spot on the worst team in the league. But he'll be a ro- he'll be in the top forty eight. False. All right. That would be the easiest bet of all time if you want to make the first bet of the 2019 season that Jordy Nelson does not end as a top 48 receiver. Jason? I'm in. All right, let's do it. Write it. Write it down. We're in, baby. I'm taking Woo! you down this year, Michael. Let me just say, Jordy Nelson last season in true, throw val- true target value was 57th for receivers. 
And that was without Amari Cooper for a long time. I don't see that getting any better. I mean, you can open with you, Antonio Brown. You could open up space. Unless Derek Carr becomes a lot better because of AB. But I'm not a Derek Carr believer either. We'll see. Um, he could play the slot. And one thing that is a, a real th- theme nice this year team. is... They, nice. No, I try. Is <laughs> slot receivers getting that bank. Um, let's go over some. Adam Humphreys is the big one. Uh, four years, $36 million from Tennessee, giving Marcus Mariota a slot receiver. Uh, big need in Tennessee was a slot receiver. They really had no threat coming out of that, that hole. Um, what do you see for Adam Humphreys this season? And what do you see out of Titans as a whole with this addition? I think that the Titans are going to be a run first team. So, yep, like still, yes. Adam Humphreys will be a good addition in real life. He'll help them move the chains in, with short and intermediate routes. I don't see much more than that. Yeah, I tweeted that after the trade went down, I mean, the signing went down, that Humphreys, I still don't see him as more of like a bench plug and play guy to fill in for buys or maybe yeah, he's in that. a great matchup. Honestly, they're. They're bolstering their O line a bunch. They already got two new O linemen who are solid. It we we haven't been Derrick Henry believers in the past, but it looks like they're setting up their team to hand him the ball twenty five times a game. So it looks like this might finally be the year where uh, grabbing him at his ADP would actually be a value. We and we've actually we've hated Derrick Henry for years at his ADP. We've been right for years at his ADP. This year it looks like he might, unless it goes up significantly because people are seeing these trends. He might be worth his ADP at uh, the moment. People try to overthink themselves sometimes. And the very popular thing to say by a lot of people who think they're the first people to uh, invent the wheel is going to be, oh, Derrick Henry is a bust this season because he did a bunch of this shit at the end of the year and he didn't do anything in the beginning of the year and you're going to get fooled. Um, if they're handing him the ball 25 times, sign me up 100%. Yeah, the thing that changed was his volume. So Right. And, and if, if that's can, indicative, then... <laughs> right. I don't care if Speaking of volume, player. and this is this is kind of about wide receivers, but not exactly the the, the wide receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju. I know Michael's a giant fan. Do you think that he will replace AB and step into his shoes seamlessly? I mean, I'm on the record saying Juju is going to go 1,510 next season. So, yes. Simple as that. He's going to crush it. That's That's bold. Jason, how do you feel? I think that we've seen the changing of the guard in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger under center multiple times now. Yep. And I think that we've seen enough of Juju to know he's talented. So I think he will be able to take that burden on. What about James Washington? Definitely someone to be uh, to keep an eye on. Big Ben is, is capable of carrying a bunch of guys. And if James Washington's going to go into the season with a second receiver, we could see them try to add someone. Uh, but I would rather take a chance on Washington than Switzer. Uh, I think Vance McDonald is the guy I want to take a look at here. We'll talk about Vance later when we talk about the tight ends. All right. So, so hold that. Hold then that I'm thought. done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, James Washington is actually someone I'm probably a bit farther off on most as of now. Man, I Just love him. I feel like there's, uh, there's rumors that Pittsburgh is looking to bring in another wide receiver. They're not going to. They spend a the second round pick on him. This is how they do. Yeah, but I mean. <sighs> this is how they do. I've been in. These people are talking like they like they haven't been around the Steelers he organization. Wasn't, he wasn't productive last season. You don't know how they're going to use him this season. I just feel like it's a bit like in FFPC drafts. I've seen him going in the seventh and eighth round. Nah, like seventh, eighth round for a guy a, who had like it's a little high, two hundred total yards last season, if that many. But like Jason said, Big Ben supports receivers. Yeah, I just think it's going to be a whole lot of juju, baby. Juju on Ebby. Oh, all right. Um, 
Another guy, Cole Beasley, signs with Buffalo. Actually, a pair of receivers signed with Buffalo, John Brown and Cole Beasley. Um, Cole Beasley gets four for 29. John Brown gets three for 27. John Brown's going to be on the outside, running a lot of goal routes for the man with the big arm, Josh Allen. And Cole Beasley will be the guy in the slot catching passes. This is obviously an upgrade from what they had, but in no way is this kind of a superstar injection. Uh what does this mean for Josh Allen's value? He's going to be a guy that a lot of people are drafting to be their starting quarterback next year because of his running prowess. What does this do for his passing abilities? And also, what do you see for them and how are you feeling about them going into the season? Yeah, I'm not going to be owning uh, Josh Allen anywhere because he's just people. I'm not ranking him as a QB1 as of now either. He, John Brown is a nice addition, but I also am not a fan of this move for his fantasy value. Yes, they they... Uh, Josh Allen did lead the league in average depth of target last season as a quarterback, but he's also super inconsistent, super erratic, and very inaccurate. So unless he makes huge strides, he's not going to connect to the deep ball a bunch with John Brown. Cole Beasley helps open up the middle a little bit on some short routes for Josh Allen, but he was also very inaccurate on short dump-offs. We saw him miss even dumping it off to the running back in the backfield a bunch of times. So both of these guys, they're not super exciting for me either. I'm not I'm not super excited for Josh Allen either. Also, when you look at quarterbacks, you see a lot of uh, very good quarterbacks in the league. It's because they're very good at home and then average on the road. Uh, that's good enough in the league to be a top-end starter. Josh Allen last season, his true throw value was lower at home than on the road. So we did not see that. It wasn't because he was on the road that he had poor games. No, he just had poor games all around. Because those two numbers were still some of the two lowest numbers you'll see uh, on the entire list, hint, um, home away, uh, coming very soon, home and road splits for true values. So Josh Allen also, a lot of people are saying he had a lot, uh, one of the highest average depths of target last season. His accuracy on those was very, very poor. Uh, if you look at completion percentage on those passes, it was worse than league average. So yeah, sure, he threw it farther than everyone, but that's because he was throwing it 20 yards over people's heads. John Brown is going to be a burner and be able to run down his passes and yada, yada. And every time he catches an 80-yard touchdown once next season, probably, people there's, are going to... You're killing me a little bit, though, because there's got to be some kind of leeway for the fact that he's throwing to Zay Jones. There's Zay Jones be. is fast. What? The argument is that the dude, John Brown is going to be John a burner Brown. and Josh Allen could hit him deep. That's the argument people are yeah, making. Yeah, well, Zay Jones is not as fast as John Brown. And he doesn't have nearly the hands of John Isaiah Brown, McKenzie though. is fat. Robert Foster is fast. But, all right, fine. But look what he did with Robert Foster. Robert Foster was very good at the, But this also hinders Robert Foster's value, too, as a late-round sleeper guy. Definitely does. Because who knows how much he's going to get. Like, I just feel like it's just going to be a mix of Zay Jones. If he sticks around, he might get traded now that they have so many receivers. Cole Beasley, John Brown, and Robert Foster are all just going to get random shares of really bad games or solid games, and it's going to be a mess to try to decipher. Uh, Jamison Crowder and Josh Bellamy sign on with the Jets. Josh Bellamy kind of a, as a fourth receiver. But let's talk about Jamison Crowder. He takes that. Crowder in the slot is probably going to push Quincy Anunua to the outside. Quincy Anunua, big body, makes sense. Uh, 26 years old, when healthy, has been productive his entire career. Jamison Crowder, uh, formerly of Duke. Uh, he was my baby, my first ever discovery um, on the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. So 
uh, we started around week, week three in 2015, and that's when I the, my first piece of advice that I told people to do ever on a podcast is pick up Jameson Crowder. Um, so he has a warm place in my heart. Um, but I think this is going to be good for Darnold. I think this is a good pickup. Uh, a deal for uh, $28 million over three years is not breaking, breaking the blank. Oh, my God. Breaking the bank. Nice. Boom. Um, about Nelson Aguilar money, if you're going to compare it. So what do you guys think about the Jameson Crowder move to the Jets? Yeah, I liked it more after I saw Dan Orlovsky's um, breakdown of him. He talked about how he's a very uh, skilled route runner and knows how to get open for his receiver. And intangibles at the receiver position are often undervalued and overlooked. And also, you hear Jameson Crowder and you think... He it just conveys old, right? Just you think like that's an old name, Jameson Crowder. You've been hearing it for a while. He's twenty five, twenty six, twenty six. He's a young wide receiver. Uh, I don't know. Could just be me, but I feel like you hear Jameson Crowder. You think he's been in the league for a little. Personally, yeah. I don't, but I get it. I do. I do. Yeah. See, uh, the thing I don't like about this is that it's gonna push Quincy Nunwa to the outside more often. I like the Nunwa in the slot, and I know he's a big guy. Big guy, six but two. I, I think that was his role. The wide receiver slash tight end. He was killing in the beginning of the year when he was doing that. Now, the Jets ran too many wide receiver screens to him and stuff of that sort. But when he was running routes out of the slot, he was Darnold's number one option. I, I like Anunua on the outside. I feel like he is more built for that role. And think about this. If Anunua was so successful in the slot, Jameson Crowder is probably going to be pretty successful in the slot if he could stay healthy. That is a point I was going to make next. Uh, Danny Amendola was actually 26th in true target value last season. So the targets he so saw... The, uh, by the way, the reason why we're saying that, Adam Gase, former Dolphins head coach. Yeah. should probably explain that, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. So I, the that's targets, why I'm here, bro. Targets he saw from Ryan Tannehill in um, Gase's in offense there you go. made him... He should have been a wide receiver three. So good news for Crowder. That is good news for Crowder, especially considering that... A young, a young quarterback in a new offense. He's gonna be looking for his checkdown guys. The guys coming across the middle. And Jameson Crowder is all about that yak. All about that yak. About that yak. Honestly, uh, I guess Jason covered the Jets because I just want to jump into since we're talking about Adam Gase offense. The fact one of the most absurdly strange signings. I cannot believe the Dolphins re-signed Devontae Parker after all they've been through with him. <laughs> I re- I guess. It was just all Adam Gase not liking Devontae Parker, yeah. keeping him on the bench, because now he's he re-signed with them. I'd think he'd hate that organization, but I guess he, he likes what's going on there now, which I don't know why he would. I just thought that was super strange to re-sign Devontae Parker like that. Uh, another uh, big-time move. You knew that the Colts were going to be looking for a second wide receiver, and they found their guy, apparently. Devin Funches signs a one-year, $10 million prove-it deal. Um, thirteen million actually crazy. Well, ten dollar, ten million base up to thirteen million to to be earned. Uh, what do you guys think about the deal? Personally, I like it. I think it's, it might be a little bit too much money, but it's a big body, and you saw what Andrew Luck does with big bodies with Andrew with uh, Eric Ebron, excuse me, in in the in the red zone this year. Give him another one of those big bodies. I think it's going to be a good a good situation, man. Yeah, I was gonna say I think people shit on Devin Funches a little too much. I'm not a huge Devin Funches guy, but he's definitely made some strides since he's come into the league. He was super raw, and he, he seems to be growing a little bit every year. Now he goes to Indy, and like you said, he's a big body on the outside. They didn't have that last season, which is why they were forced to feed Eric Ebron in the red zone so much, which led to double-digit touchdowns for him. So I do think this hurts Eric Ebron's value some. I I think Fun just definitely takes some touchdowns away from him. 
But it's it's a nice move, uh, I think, for the Colts in the red zone to have Funches there now. Definitely hurt Ebron's value. I think that Jack Doyle almost falls off the map now. This is counterintuitive. How? Because they have Ebron. Why go get another Ebron to play on the outside? Because now you have two Ebron. The most dis- I'm most disappointed in this, not because I dislike Devin Funches, which I do. It's because that's who the Colts got to upgrade their team. I would have liked to see them see, t- see them get Terrell Williams. John Brown. Yeah. Someone who could stretch the field rather than I a don't, big one. I don't love the fit. I think that they already had a Devin Funches on their team. That's not the player they needed. I know Andrew Luck is good at throwing to big wide receivers. But Devin Funches just honestly isn't that good. He drops passes. He can get high, but how many times is Andrew Luck going to hit him at his high point every year? I feel like height's a bit overrated. Even in the red zone, people always say you want that big body. Then why does Antonio Brown have so many red zone touchdowns every year? It's all about the route running. That's not how Funches does it. We have seen him catch balls over people's heads straight Randy Moss style, though. So he does bring that. Once in a blue. More than that. Once in a blue. I would say that's his signature. Um, Strong hands. Speaking of Danny Amendola, he signs a one-year $4.5 million deal to be the slot receiver in Detroit, a role that we've seen Golden Tate have success in. Uh, But Danny Amendola, this is going to come as a really big surprise for you guys. Never had more than 660 receiving yards in a season. Danny Amendola. That is a surprise. It's a surprise, right? Like he, he just—he—it's because he's so good in the playoffs. His middle name is Playoff. He is Danny Playoff and Mandola. So, uh, it's—it's it's interesting. It is. It's an interesting thing, especially how like when he was younger and on the Rams, where he was talked up as like a soon-to-be stud receiver. I mean, he's never healthy, which he's never healthy, and he's joining a shit show kind of team. So I'm not excited about Danny Mandola's prospects. There. Yeah, this is actually a little disappointing. Because I thought Danny Amendola was on pace for the Jets. I mean, I, I prefer Crowder over Amendola, but yeah. it would have been nice to have a former Patriot on the squad. Whatever. You guys ready to move on to the the Arbus? The Burbs? Well, the biggest guy has not signed yet. We were hoping that he would sign right when we were like recording, which would be dope. Instead, we got Odell. We did get one big breaking news. We did. High fives all around. hey Um, But let's go over to the first running back uh, that... We're talking about here. Latavius Murray is the first one on the board. He got the most money. He signs with New Orleans, which basically means they are out of the Mark Ingram sweepstakes. Um, this move, this move does reek of a little curiosity to me. I feel like there were more uh, complete running backs on the market, and it's it's a little strange to see a team that. When you had a, a duo of Kamara and Ingram, and you didn't have to worry about you, you it could have been a run or a pass, with whichever one was on the field. Each one of them were skilled in those positions. Latavius Murray's not catching passes, so it's a, it's it's going to be a little more of a obvious running down when Latavius Murray's on the field next year. I saw I saw uh, I don't know where people are valuing Latavius Murray after this trade. I'm not valuing him super high. But I saw someone saying that he's fifth, sixth round value now in the market. Get the fuck out of here. If you are taking Latavius Murray in the fifth or sixth round, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm laughing in your face. Yo, Twitter can I'll, be I'll a record, dangerous place sometimes. I'll dude. record myself laughing and like send it to you personally. Michael, you're, first of all, you're mean today. <laughs> Second of all, yo, it's, it's, I'm down. <laughs> like, I'm down to be mean with you because, yo, yo, please, guys. Don't listen to these people. Like, please. Like, Latavius Murray in the fifth round. No. I was like, dude. No. Yeah. I don't even want Mark Ingram in the fifth round. On the Saints. Yeah. He was, when he was a uh, Saint. 
crazy. He had the one good year. That's it. Like Latavius Murray, he's just he's had a knack for the end zone, which has bolstered his fantasy value. I mean, he'll and, be he'll be rosterable. Yeah, he'll be rosterable. He'll be flex worthy probably some weeks. Eighth, ninth, but he'll be rounds. more of a bench piece, and he high in flex. I he, mean, high in handcuff. He'll be playing the Mark Ingram role, but not. I, I can't see him possibly getting he as won't. much work as Mark Ingram. He yeah. won't be playing the Mark Ingram role because Mark Ingram was not the goal line back. Yeah. I could see Latavius Murray getting some goal line touches, but it's not like he, like you said, he's not a player in the passing game. So if he's on the field at their own 20-yard line, they know it's either going to be a play action or a run up the middle or something of that sort. There was And there was no Mark Ingram role. What That's I, why the offense was so dangerous because Mark Ingram and... Alvin Kamara were interchangeable in their roles. They both played the same role, and that role is three down back. What if I told you, though, that Mark Ingram averaged two targets a game? He didn't really see passes. All right. All right. And that Latavius Murray is more of a goal line back than Mark Ingram. What, what, what would you be telling me, that he has more of a chance to score touchdowns this year? That perhaps they didn't bring him in to be Mark Ingram, but to be... I don't know. Murray. Murray, yeah. That's fun. To be a running back. I see value in that. I definitely do. But I don't see fifth-round value. Oh, 100% no. And I and I definitely don't see Mark Ingram's role. I just think that this... I think he has a little bit more vulture appeal than Ingram does. For Kamara. Okay, yeah, that's true. So you think it hurts Kamara's value. Uh, should we start calling him Kamara? Why? Because I feel like everyone calls him Kamara. Yeah. And then like we say Kamara and people... Look at us weird. It's just a tablet, I guess. I, I say both. It's interchangeable. I always say Kamara. I, I kind of say both, too. Kamara, Kamara. Depending on the, the words I'm using prior. It just kind of like rolls off the tongue. As a person whose last name is constantly being mispronounced, I will say that it's uh, it's 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 a bit annoying. My last name is Petropolis, by the way, for those who don't know my full last name. It's a bit annoying. I get a lot of uh, Petropolis. And then I get some just like... Uh, Mike Davis signs with Chicago, which probably means that they're done with Jordan Howard. Um, they're rumored to be part of the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes as well. Um, I don't get that. Why? They have Tariq Cohen. Get out of here. They have Jordan Howard. Get out of here. Hold on. Jordan no. Howard is done. He's done there. I know. They brought in Mike Davis. They should. I'd rather have, if I'm the Bears, you have Jordan Howard. You have Tariq Cohen. You're going to waste your money on Le'Veon Bell? Improve somewhere else. I mean... How about Jason here? That I mean, offense... Why would you... Because that offense could use a big-time playmaker. That offense could use a quarterback. Yo, man, you are so... <laughs> it, they really can. It's blasphemous, what, like, what you guys do, like, honestly, and say about this guy. Uh, I don't know. You I, put up the best numbers of any quarterback you've ever shit on, I promise you. You know what's interesting? I, you know, true values are my baby, so I, I support it. And Trubisky's ninth in it. So yeah, of course he is. Because he had a good, he had a so good you season. Think I wouldn't shit on him. So he was much. top five in QBR. I just don't think he's that good. Tannehill is sixth. So you know, there's always outliers. <laughs> <laughs> Efficiency doesn't mean they're a great fantasy player. All right. Are we done talking about this? Uh, Carlos Hyde goes to Kansas City, which is great news for uh, people who own uh, Damian Williams, who are thinking about keepers. Um, this shows me that they have trust in Damian Williams to be the guy there. What do you guys see about it? Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Tim, especially because Andy Reid is a one running back guy. I don't know how many times we need to see Andy Reid run an offense to know 
whoever's the lead dog is going to be the lead dog. Even to the point where when Spencer Ware was healthy last year and Damian Williams was on the bench, it was Spencer Ware getting the majority of the snaps. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't want to split time. He doesn't want to waste his time switching running backs on off field. He just goes with the lead dog and that's it. And I think this is solid because Carlos Hyde is what like 30 years old now and he's oft injured so it's not like he's a guy I don't he's not coming in to take Damian Williams's job. He's coming in to be a solid backup, which I think he will be, especially because he's been more productive out of the shotgun in his career, which should help with uh, Patty Mahomes coming out of the shotgun a good amount of the time. So, I mean, but as a Damian Williams owner, I'm very excited about it because, yes, it's competition. Yes, Carlos Hyde is a solid running back. But also, this means they're not going to, more than likely, not going to draft a running back. And they're not going out to get a Mark Ingram, Le'Veon Bell, or anyone else of a higher caliber. So it looks like it's Damian Williams' role to lose. And in a Kansas City offense with Patrick Mahomes at the helm, we saw what Kareem Hunt slash Damian Williams slash Spencer Ware slash whoever the starting running back was last year could do. That's a guy you take in the second round and you handcuff him as soon as you can. Second round might be a bit I mean, be a bit steep. That's would, a little risky. I would take him in the back end. Since we're doing this, because, you know, it's full-fledged uh, off-season in the NFL, so there's some full-fledged terrible takes going on. Uh, I've <laughs> seen people talk about how this is bad news for Damian Williams, and Carlos Hyde is not someone that is scary. Uh, it just, he, that's a guy you bring in if you believe in your guy. Exactly, and at the very least, he's never going to catch passes. He's not a pass catcher. Exactly, so there's no way he's ever going to be the three-down back on that team. No! And if you and if you're telling me I want the guy who runs between the tackles or I want the guy catching passes from top, from Mahomes, so, number ob, one the, in true the, throw value last year. The answer is obvious, and continue to think it. I'm the gonna, answer is obvious. Let me ask you a quick trivia. A trivia Tri- for you out there too. If Triv- you're playing me. with us. Trivia me. Uh, so I did home road splits. Going to be released probably tomorrow, since we're releasing our episode today. Brodofantasy.com/slash nothing. Just Brodofantasy.com. <laughs> BrotoFF.com as well. <laughs> Which tandem and home or road was the most dynamic duo this year? So a quarterback, a pass catcher on the home or on the road? Um, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I was going to say Patty Mahomes and Tyreek Hill Where? on the road. The answer is Mahomes and Kelsey on the road. Mm. No more dynamic duo than those two. Interesting. It's a very interesting one. Uh, we're going to get to tight ends in just a second. Uh we don't have to talk about these guys. Frank Gore signs with Buffalo. Uh, could mean a Shady McCoy release. Dude, I don't know if that means a Shady McCoy release, but all I know is that they now have Chris Ivory, LaShawn McCoy, and Frank Gore. They now own the three oldest running backs in the league. True story. Three Hilarious. oldest running backs in the league. You want to hear another surprising age fact since I'm doing that a lot today? The fifth oldest running back in the league, Rex Burkhead. He's been around for a while. Um, Zach Zenner only twenty eight though. Also resigns with Detroit. So let's oh big news. Let's take a look at some guys that haven't signed yet, and maybe you, you where skipped, you guys you skipped Elijah Penny to the Giants, man. That's he's a fullback. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, so let's start with the guy that everyone wants to talk about, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, the Jets and the Ravens have been rumored, but it's been also rumored that the Ra- that the Raiders are kind of chilling in the background and are ready to pounce when they can. Um. What is your take? Who would you want to see him with in a perfect fantasy world? I even saw like the 49ers name get thrown out there. Also the 49ers, yeah, yeah. which which would be probably the perfect fit. Honestly, believe it or not, I think the best fit in real life and in fantasy would be the Jets. Uh, the Ravens, sure, it's a run-first offense, but I doubt Le'Veon Bell 
has the uh, pass-catching appeal that he does in a other offense. We saw last year Lamar Jackson ran the ball more than he passed the ball or just about the same. Not more, but very similar numbers. And they were, they were clearly a run-first team that played defense and just ran the ball nonstop down the throats. So, sure, that would help Le'Veon Bell a bit, but I'd rather have... I, I wouldn't... I would rather take uh, Le'Veon Bell with Sam Darnold with 19 carries and 6 targets over Lamar Jackson's 24 rushes and 1 target. But he's going to be the RB1 and wide receiver one. True. On the Ravens. When they pass, it's going to be a play action and then a little toss to Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. They're really trying to not pass. They don't have any receivers. I had a hot take on veterans. I thought they were going to come out with four wide receivers, four tight end sets for most of the time next year. Like that's the way you that's the way you disguise runs. They have Mark Andrews, Max Williams, uh Nick what is it? Nick Boyle. Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Wasted a first round pick on him. They just re signed Nick Boyle too. The answer probably though, a team that's not rumored to be in right now is the Colts. The Colts are the best landing spot. I, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna do it. Me either, but you said what's the best landing spot? I think the Colts. I think Tampa's the best landing spot still, man. I would love to see him in Bruce Arians' offense. Oh, 100%. I just don't see Because they would have had to make a lot of moves to clear up cap space, and they did get rid of Deshaun Jackson, but it doesn't seem like they want to dedicate all their cap to Le'Veon Bell. How about – uh, yeah, I mean, I really hope the Jets get Le'Veon Bell. I'm not going to lie. Um, let's see. Tevin Coleman. Where's his most likely landing spot? I, I think Philly's a good spot for him. I think Tevin Coleman is overrated, so yeah. I do think Philly's a good spot for him. Which is so he could be in a in a kind of rotation. Yeah. His best play was in a change of pace role. He's not a guy that uh, he just not that. I don't know. I've never watched him, but oh, Tevin Coleman's real good. He he should lead a backfield. He's very good as a change of pace. You know, he had everything set up for him perfectly before this year. He was a change of pace back in a very dynamic offense. So you come in when that offense has the defense on their heels and tired. And then you do work, and it was a good spot for him. So I I think for his real-life prospects, Philadelphia would be a good spot. I don't think that – I think that a team that is going to pay him a lot to be their starting running back is going to be disappointed. Yeah. Uh, I'm with Jason on that one, especially because Tevin Coleman, like, he just – he was so unreliable as the lead back on the Falcons last season. Like, he just gets stuffed constantly. He wouldn't really make the dynamic plays that we were used to seeing from Tevin Coleman – so I'm not quite sure why people still expect him to be like this stud if he goes to a team to be a lead back. I don't really see it happening. He'll, he's probably going to be overdrafted, in my opinion, so I doubt I'm going to hold any Tevin Coleman shares next season. I know it's still early, but I'm just – if drafts were today – if I was – drafts were today, I'm not taking Tevin Coleman is what I'm saying. So I, if he were to end up somewhere, I think the uh, – you said the Buccaneers. If he went to the Buccaneers, that would be great. But, again, it doesn't look like they're targeting running back. I'd be highly, highly upset from a personal standpoint if the Jets signed Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I'll tell too. you that much. But I just – wherever he goes, I think he's going to be overvalued, and I'm probably not going to reach for him. What about Mark Ingram? Probably the biggest name uh, left on the running back uh, situations. We know that he can carry the load. Uh, we also know that he's good in a dual backfield, uh, New Orleans – uh, probably not going to bring him back after signing Latavius Murray to a four-year, $15 million deal. Um, right now, they say the Ravens are frontrunners for Mark Ingram, which seemed like a perfect spot for him. Um, I think that I would like to see him on the Ravens. I'm just waiting for them to announce Mark Ingram to the Ravens because that, then that means they're out on uh, out on Bell. That would be very but nice. But honestly, I think, I think you're right. I think Ingram is the perfect guy for the Ravens' offense. He's big. He's also elusive. He'll 
break tackles. He'll also get through holes, and he he he's never really had a huge role as a pass catcher. Anyways, he can pass catch, but he's not like a pass first type pass catching first type of guy. So I think he'll fit in that offense as well, catch one to two passes a game on play actions and things of that sort. And he can run in between the tackles. He's kind of a bruiser. Everyone kind of forgets because he plays in a finesse offense. Yeah, and also just pound the ball when they need to. He's just, he's like the, Alex Collins is like the light version of Mark Ingram. And Mark Ingram is even better and is a better pass catcher than Alex Collins was. And Alex Collins was pretty useful when he was the lead guy. And Gus Edwards, same, they were both very similar. All right, I'm going to change the subject for a second to go back to Teddy Bridgewater. What? Somehow, some way, I'll get there. The Browns now have Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., and Nick Chubb. The best trio in the league. And a year ago, they were nothing. Things change fast in the NFL. Stop being a bitch and go quarterback for a team that wants you to quarterback for them. What What was the circumstances of Baker Mayfield joining the Browns? Number one. He was so, the number one overall pick. He doesn't have to worry about his job. My point is not job security. It's that things change fast in the NFL. Like jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Like jobs. Right. So be a starter when you could be a starter. Or take the better starter role and maybe Drew Brees gets hurt. Things change fast in the NFL. Unbelievable. You're, you're unbelievable. unbelievable. Enough. All right, let's, let's put it under the bridge. A couple more guys in the running back spots. Like We won't talk about them right now, but we'll talk about them later when they get signed. But some interesting names that could make uh, big splashes. Gus Edwards, who's had, who had a lot of success. Jay Ajay, who got hurt, but has always been uh, one, a guy that who can make waves and be a starter when he's healthy. Uh, C.J. Anderson, Ty Montgomery. Um Let's see, let's see. Some other guys that are on this list. Adrian Peterson, I wonder if he comes back. He definitely wants to play. Um, TJ Yeldon, another guy. So uh, some good running backs. Yeldon is an underrated player. I agree. He's a a very solid number two. Some good running backs on the list. Uh, Let's go to tight ends. The first tight end off the board uh, this time around was Jesse James. Guys, do you do you believe that Jesse James got this much freaking money? It's kind of unbelievable. Uh, what about Tyler Cross? Five years. Hold on, we'll get to that. Five years, twenty-eight point five million dollars uh, from the Detroit Lions. Um, what about Nick? Doyle? I'm not. I'm not too happy Doyle, about I mean. this one, but I'm all on Vance McDonald, and, and this is where we can get a chance to talk about Vance. Do that dance, Vance. I'm in. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna run through it real quick with the other guys you said, Jesse James. The, that's where the tight ends go to die in Detroit anyway, so he's not going to be viable there. Uh, Nick Boyle, they were like, oh, he's the best. T- he's the best tight end available. Well, in this plus season best best blocking tight end. I think that's something that's fair to say. But I mean, it's not. They gave him way too much money for a team that already has three tight ends. The Ravens, that is. And then uh, who is the other tight end? You said, I'm blanking. Jesse James, Nick Boyle, and uh, Tyler Croft. There you go. Went to Buffalo. Yeah, Tyler Croft in Buffalo. But before we get into Tyler Croft, though, I, I wanted to get your opinion on what the Jesse James signing means, particularly to Vance McDonald, who now has all the tight end targets vacated and all of Antonio Brown's targets vacated. Uh, he seems like a tight end one for sure at this point. Yeah, uh, I think you could go back to the Heath Miller-esque glory days where uh, the Steelers had a tight end one basically every season. Uh, I could see that happening with Vance McDonald now, maybe not as consistent as uh, Heath Miller. But 
I mean, he's he. There's a bunch of targets opened up. They just got rid of the other tight end who's stealing work from him. And Vance McDonald has proven that he's a viable pass catching option in that offense. Remember that play last year when he what was he like caught it and just like ran over like seven different defenders. He's a he's a talented guy. He's better than his name sounds because Vance McDonald doesn't sound like a great football name, you know. Vance refrigeration. <laughs> Vance refrigeration. Sorry, yeah. Vance refrigeration is a very solid. Tim, do I not know, shake I your know. head. The Watch the I office know. or get I out. I know. I know. I'm, I'm a mean I'm, person. I'm going to make that stick. I'm telling you one day we're going to see a tweet from someone that's not us calling him Vance Refrigeration. No, and not. It's going to grow and grow. 100%. I'll, I'll bet you someone tweets Vance Refrigeration before Amari Nooper. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would lose that because I've gotten, I've gotten a bunch of no- Amari yeah, Nooper starting tweets. Today. A lot of them just asking me how to spell it. Is it N-E-U-P-E-R or is it N-O-O-P-E-R? What is N-E-W? N-E-W. My bad. N-E-W. Definitely N O O P E R. I don't know. I think it's no, N-E-W. it's new. Per yeah. N E W. It's different. The pronunciation is the, uh, you know, the copy. See, this is there. hard. That's what but I told them. Like, new. I really haven't decided on no, this. The I don't pronunciation. The pronunciation is just like, it's a play on words. Nooper. You're just exactly switching the, the pronunciation is what matters, but you need the symbolism in the writing too. Oh, do you, Do you want to speaking of symbolism? Do you want to hear something ironic? It's pronunciation. Sure. Yeah, you're saying pronunciation is <laughs> pronunciation. You're you're not pronouncing pronounce right. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Um, what were we talking about? J- uh, Vance McDonald. But yeah, right. we're we're all big fans Vance of Vance McDonald. Jesse James in Detroit should be yuckers. Yeah, totally I mean, yuckers. Tyler Croft in Buffalo. One sec. Man. Detroit did save themselves from themselves though, because if they were gonna take Fant or Hawkinson tight ends with their pick that yeah. early in the first round, get out of here. Um, they could, they still could take him. Don't. That'd be a terrible. Don't move. sit. Don't sleep on the. Absolutely terrible. Tyler Croft to the Buffalo Bills. Um, eighteen million dollars over three seasons. It's they literally like okay. just did that with Charles Clay. They got rid of Charles Clay and then just did the same thing with Tyler Croft. Why Croft? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he didn't really stand out. <laughs> no, he's always just been a guy. Yeah, he's been a guy. I guess they just wanted a guy to play tight end. Maybe they thought they were signing Laura Croft. She's a bad. My one. guess is that they want him to block for Josh Allen. Yeah, CJ Uzuma, three years, eighteen million to re up with Cincinnati. Uh, Dwayne Allen to Miami for two years, seven million, and Charles Clay goes to Arizona. Um, Jared Cook is probably the guy on the market that we're wondering uh, what's good with him. Um, we'll see. Uh, let's not speculate. Let's talk about it after it's done. Uh, that's it for our free agent show, guys. For for right now, a lot of defensive free agents um, have been the stars. D Ford actually just signed with the Niners. That sucks. You want him on the D Ford got traded to the Niners. You mean? No. Yeah, D D Ford got franchised. Was it Justin Houston? Are you are you reading that incorrectly? I don't know. I just skimmed it. Well, Niners have agreed on a deal. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah for a, a second round trade. pick, it was a trade. All right, for a second round pick, I'm not that's as a, mad. I'm that's a really good get for 49ers, man. It's a good. Get. That's it's a, a good get for the Chiefs too. It's, it's a good get for both of them. Yeah. yeah, that's a good. That's a good deal all around. Jason, where can they find you if they want to talk more about this? At Jason Patrop. Michael, at Mike underscore Patrop. You can find me on t- at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, 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 real. That is something funny. Real frisky. What the hell, guys? Sorry, I'm looking because this is really. You funny. and your guys' Twitter. Yo, these guys have been on Twitter. This is really funny. Our trends for Brodo. Are Browns, Giants, Odell, Cleveland, Baker, Landry, Chubb, AFC North, Gettleman, Jabril Peppers? We have trends. No, like like trends on Twitter. Like oh, that's a, that's the treat. Oh, oh. So that those are the things that are that are trending in sports right now. But for us, like for fantasy sports, us. right? 
Right. I, I guess it's it. not as funny. I guess. What does that even mean? We have trends. <laughs> like you not know. You sound like, like the old guy that doesn't know what to, how Twitter no, like, works. Maybe it's people going to our <laughs> website like searching for things, like searching for true value of these people. Right. Yeah. That I would call that trends. <laughs> That's what a trend is. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where you're going. You with this. youngin. You millennial. Uh, you sound like the old guy that doesn't know much about. Well, if you want to find us, you can find us over on the World Wide Web at BrotoFantasy.com. Also, you can find us at BrotoFF.com. We got both domains because we're G's like that. Um, and also, you could uh, follow us at BrotoFantasy on all of our social media outlets. And Jason? one more exciting announcement. Um, it came to my attention. Um, exciting? Through my brain that some people, uh, you know, tree targets are useful, but some people may not... Uh, really know how to use them so starting when i release the home road splits there will be projected points per game range so the range of projected points per game for that player according to their true target values for example um let's see your your first for example you know what? travis to, kelsey that's what i was gonna do his true target value at home is 4.7 on the road is 8.5 what do those numbers mean well you don't have to you don't have to worry his projected points range at home is 11.76 um, points in half PPR to 16.47 points in PPR. And his range on the road, 21 well, points. Well, the range is meant to encompass all scoring. That's why it's a little open. Right. 21 points and then 29 points on the high end. Yes. That's a great fucking That's a output. Great. Number one. That was the most dynamic Numero duo one. last season. Uh, if you want to visit these true values, and also if you want to see what they're all about, we have a video on the website that explains to you exactly what a true value is, exactly how to use it. I promise you guys, and I'm not fucking around with you, this is a tool that you need going into draft season. Like, not It's not a tool you want. It's a tool you need, and we're giving it away for free. And a little bit of a backup and a little bit of a hint, we're not going to be giving it free forever. Um... Just telling you. So get it while it's free. Uh, How many people just look at their phones and hey? (laughs) Get it while it's free. Uh, But with that being said, for all of the Brodo Fantasy bros here, I'm Tim, Michael, and Jason. We'll see you next time. Peace.